Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co-host, Dashiell Driscoll, joined today by Bayside's visionary filmmaker, Mark Paul Gosler. Hello, Mark Paul. Hello, Dashiell. What was it like seeing yourself behind the camera? Was that like, were you like, ooh, I could, uh, I could maybe move into directing. This, this looks good for me. Well, I wish I had those aspirations when I was younger, um, but I didn't, unfortunately. I do now. I mean, I have directed uh, two episodes in my uh, entire directing career. Uh, I directed an episode of Franklin and Bash, and then I directed an episode of Stephen Bochco's show called Murder in the First with my good friend uh, Curry Graham, who was also mm. on NYPD Blue with me. And that was fun to do because I wasn't an actor on that show, and it was, it was just fun to work with Tay Diggs and Kathleen Robertson some of the other people and having to work on the camera, uh, on, you know, the camera side with uh, Stephen Bochco is just a whole nother experience. Um, but, you know, nowadays I, I, I'm just so envious of these, of the talent nowadays because um, the, you, you go into the business going, I don't just have to be an actor or I don't just have to be uh, behind the camera. I can kind of do it all. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm envious of that because when I started out, it was like, well, you can only just be an actor. Um, you know, and if you were an actor, you could only be a television actor. You couldn't just be right. a film actor as well. Uh, and definitely couldn't do commercials because that was like selling out. Now people are just like, it's, you know, whatever, whatever is creative and, and fun and, and makes you money is, is good for, I think everyone. No, yeah, no one blinks at commercials. No, yeah, no. I mean, you can do commercials all no. day long now. And like, I think it was the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you're, you're the TV historian around here. Uh, like Kevin Spacey doing what, like House of Cards feels, feels like a big, movie actor to TV actor shift that happened. And like, it seemed like there was a lot going on there at the, you know, post Sopranos where it was kind of like, Ooh, maybe, maybe TV prestigious too. Um, and obviously that's all been flipped totally upside down. You could, you probably could have picked like a hundred actors, uh, that went from film to television and vice versa, but you had to pick Kevin Spacey. That was a big one. It was a big one at the time. Look, I'm going to publicly admonish Kevin Spacey. He's a world class <laughs> creep. There you go. But when I think, there you go. When I, there, you. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, for, I forgot to cancel him. Uh, he's already canceled. But yeah. when I think of like, oh my God, Kevin Spacey <laughs> is was a movie star. Uh, yeah. Now he's a monster. We know that. Yeah. Um, I'll give you I'll give you a few. Sure, Angela please. Bassett. Uh, you know, okay, Angela that's Bassett. That's a good one, right? <laughs> and also, least problematic person in the world. <laughs> you picked you picked a good one. Yeah. Let's see. Well, I, can, I, can I mean, if you if you want to talk about like, like House of Cards because there's a few, but Robin Wright Penn sure. or Robin Wright, sure, um, yeah, you know, and and there's just so many. I mean, uh, there's we so many also, who aren't who aren't terrible, terrible people. Okay, that's but that's how, a good how about point. actors who on television that go to film? I mean, uh, one that comes to my mind is you know one of my favorite shows, Breaking Bad. Both those actors yeah. are great film actors. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, I, it's just a different it's a different business now than when you know. I was Zach back in the day. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about this. I mean, if that was going on now, I think I would be approached to see if I can do an album. Um, totally. <laughs> you know, with social media, I'd be selling things and making money on the oh side. God, I'd, yeah. I'd have tons of side hustles. Um, you know, I'd, 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 I wouldn't have to... I wouldn't have to rely on on residuals uh, as much as I did in the past. I don't now, which is nice. I'm, I'm right. in a very comfortable position. Congra- congratulations. Thank you. I still love residuals, by the way. And I actually asked yeah. about where my residuals were for my show. Uh, you know, because, you know, we, we all want money that's, that's, that's coming our way. Um, yeah, for the writers, but, it's a green envelope when they send out the residuals. Is it really? 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a writer who came up with that. But yeah, the WGA residual is coming a green envelope for the money. Is that right? Uh, oh yeah, I uh, I recently cashed one for 74 cents uh, for my work on a show called Drop the Mic. Uh, what a thrill to to be able to cash a check for less than a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, people think with Say by the Bell that I'm rolling in residual money over the course of 30 years is drop down. I mean, I'm I'm not kidding you. There there have been single digit. Uh, <laughs> amounts for specific shows. When you add them up, you know, uh, hundreds of shows, it may come out to thirteen dollars, and sure. you know, I could I could get a happy hey. meal and a quarter pounder over at McDonald's uh, with that mm. price, and and I'm not complaining. Uh, but yet I am. That sounds good. I'd, I'd eat a happy meal and a quarter pounder. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, do you do you eat McDonald's? Sometimes, but not with great frequency. I would say, like on a road trip on a vacation, there's probably going to be a McDonald's stop happening at some point along the way. Uh, but not a not a recreational Donald's guy. Nothing against it. Just, you know. You know, and, and there's such a stigma attached with McDonald's. And I'm there not, is. I don't, I, I, <laughs> but I don't, I don't abide by it. I, I will tell yeah. you this, Dashwell. I had McDonald's today and I, oh, I, I fed it to my, my son and we, we, we had McDonald's together. He had a happy meal and, uh, I tried out their new chicken sandwich. Not a fan. I, I think I'm yeah. more of a fan of the um, the Chick Fil A uh, yeah. sandwich. Um, Yo, you could have picked any you- chicken. You could have picked any chicken place, Mark Paul, but you had to pick the one that's hateful. Who <laughs> <laughs> two can play that game? Because sir. gosh darn it, Dashwell, it is the best chicken sandwich I know, it really, out there. It really I'm is sorry. a shame. Although politics, you know what, they, I, they make I, a great sandwich. I, what I haven't had is I haven't had the Popeyes chicken, and I I mm. love Popeyes chicken, by the way. But I haven't had their chicken sandwich. But I, I know that you know there was people were standing in line for that sandwich, um, and so if anybody wants to you know drop one off at the uh, at the uh, the house here, uh, sure. I, I, I wouldn't turn it down. Um, I bet you would. Back- I bet if someone showed up with a chicken sandwich, you'd be like, "Get the hell off my property!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but going, going back, back to McDonald's, to what, what did, are we you, doing? McDonald's did you yeah. know that McDonald's the 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 thing that I'll go to is a quarter pounder because hmm. uh, I've been told that they do not freeze that meat. It is a fresh patty. It is a fresh quarter pounder. Um, that that feels like a thing. Have you who told you that? Was it on a playground? That feels Ronald. like a thing kids say. Oh, a man McDonald. in red shoes, Donald. I get, I get, I could see that. I don't know why. I mean, sure. I feel, I feel like the the there is. It's funny you say the stigma. There is a McDonald's stigma, one hundred percent. Doesn't need to be there. It's fine. It's. I mean, it's like you can. The quality is the same around the world. It's pretty remarkable to to travel to a foreign land and sample their McDonald's. Something I've done uh, in many airports. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think there needs to be a stigma. I mean, shoot, why not? I my go to order is chicken nuggets and a cheeseburger. That will okay. that will that combination with some fries is like will change my day. This will this will this will tell this will uh, this will inform me how close mm. we are Uh-oh. by the sauce you pick with your chicken oh, nuggets. Man. You're not chicken I, nuggets. I feel, like, sorry. I feel like you're not going to like this, but what I do is oh, I like sweet and sour. I like I'm barbecue with you. and Dude. and I and I like ketchup. And I like to kind of sometimes mix all a little bit of all three of them. The ketchup's where I maybe take a left turn from most, but that's my okay. Trio. Okay, I, I I'm with you on the sweet and sour. I always get sweet and sour. Uh, barbecue, not so much. I can see the sure. the ketchup, but how about this? Do you dip okay. your fries in the sweet and sour? I mean, you got to dip the fries in the sweet and sour. That's uh, go. that's all good right. stuff. I mean, that's great. Although I will co-ho- say, one of the co-host uh, for life synergy. So much synergy. <laughs> uh, one of the ways we are different is that I am diabetic, which means I have a little. Uh, little implant thing that that talks to my phone and gives me live readings of my blood sugar. And Mark Paul, I can tell you I have raw data from when I dip a McDonald's fry into that sweet and sour sauce. I can tell you it's not good for what goes on in your body immediately really? afterwards. It's pretty Oh yeah, it's pretty I mean if you think about the the comp, what's going on in that sauce, the oh, uh the sugars, so I tell you is not a not great for you, but you know what? We're all going to go sometime. You might as well have a delicious meal, which is a good enough segue, I guess. <laughs> And <laughs> talking about this episode that has nothing to do with literally anything we talked about except directing. Even that is um tangential, maybe. Uh so let's just get into the summary, Mark Paul, so we can we can tackle this episode if that's that's cool with you. Take it away, Dashel. Okay, thank you. I need a verbal confirmation. Uh the gang breaks Bayside's expensive new camera making Zach's student movie. So Zach plots to sell footage of Screech as an alien to a tabloid to buy a replacement. Mr. Thompson, claiming to be from the National Babbler, but in fact a government agent, offers $10,000 to meet the alien. With Max's help and Screech's new filling picking up radio waves, the kids trick Lieutenant Thompson into believing Screech is an alien. Lieutenant Thompson announces he plans to dissect Screech, 
So Zach, Belding, and the entire school trick Lieutenant Thompson yet again, then just tell him the truth. The end. <laughs> uh, couldn't, couldn't make it to that last little turn without a chuckle. Um, as we get this is a silly one, episode. This, this I'm, is a, I'm this is a silly, this is, yeah. That's a this great This is word. silly. Yeah. It is silly. And even for like Saved by the Bell, which is a, a tonally very silly show, we've talked at length about how it competed with cartoons on Saturday morning. This is a really silly one. And it so it was filmed, um, if I read the production codes right, um, it was recorded after the friendship business. So this should have been the 12th episode um, in season one, which is why, I don't know if you noticed, but you got younger from last week. <laughs> the whole gang. Yeah, I mean, I in my notes right away, I put an exclamation, you know, ca- all caps, my voice. <laughs> yeah, you're everything. Little, it's like, little, it's like everything. Squeaky. Even the way you guys act feels more like kids. I know in the beginning as we, um, we're in act one here in the Bayside classroom for, you know, Zach the filmmaker. Um, it's just even like the, 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 the nature of this story and the way you guys are, you just feel more like kids than you do um, in this, in the most recent season we've been watching. Um, I love Zach's little, like his whole little outfit as a director. He wore his cool sweater, like Taika Waititi. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Mario's hair. It's not as tight as it usually is too. I mean, maybe he's uh, at the end of his perm. Sure. Uh, needs to, remember he said his mom used to perm his hair. So yeah. he, he would he would actually, I think, have to go back to San Diego where he was, uh, where he grew up um, and get his perm done and then come back, you know, because he was, he was sort of living in LA just while he was filming this episode, uh, filming Saved by the Bell. Yeah, not a, that's a that's a distance to drive for a, a haircut. Yeah, look at him. The way Mario like poses with the camera, everything is so um it just feels more well, maxed out in a cartoon. I also way. I also wrote in my notes, where is he pointing that camera? Yeah, it, he, I mean he's pointing at the door where Screech no, is not. supposed to come out. No, he's, he's not. not. No, because look at it look at his head. Oh my god, you're right, because the body is like he's he's pointing it at you know what he's pointing at? The TV camera. <laughs> that's what he's. That's what he's filming. Is he's filming the camera that's filming him on television? It's a, it's a technical marvel. Uh, yeah, but or I'm sloppy. why he's doing that. You know, because we used to fool know. around. We used to. We just. We just used to mess around, and and you know, we we're yeah. kids. And yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think back. I, honestly, like there's this particular episode, and I'll go through the. I remember nothing of this one. This one is. I. I, I mean, it, it, there, there's things that I'm like, wait, we did what? Um, but this, for some reason, but I'm wondering, was there film in that camera? Were we just filming something? Like if you're filming, I mean, he's deliberately pointing that camera and we're looking somewhere else. He's being very deliberate with that. I mean, look, this is a Don thing. Uh, Don, uh, probably was like, Hey, point that thing right down the barrel of the, the gun would be my, like it, it is, it seems like a conscious choice that Slater is pointing the business end of the camera into the, I I can't believe we're, (laughs) we're still on this, but yeah, that is, uh. (laughs) It's not. It's not correct. He's not filming the door or the hideous creature. Which are you like, Mark Paul? Is your brain primed at this point watching these? Like when Zach Morris points at something, he's like, "Cue the hideous creature." You just know Belding is coming through that door. It's like one hundred percent of the time we get these like setups. I I, I love it. <laughs> well, I, actually, I, I I thought it would be either be Belding, but my first choice would have been Screech. Hmm. Um, because you know we like to give that poor kid a complex. We yeah, call him sure. weird in this episode. We call him, you know, a, a freak, a nerd, a dork. So hideous creature, Not, yeah. yeah, sure. Not to mention putting someone in um full green face paint for like multiple days of work, which I'm sure you're aware of. It makes for not a fun day for the actor on set when your face is completely covered in makeup. Hey, did you notice when um when Tiffany does that little cheer? It gets a pretty yeah. big laugh from the audience. Yeah. But a really big uh, laugh from an adult member yeah. of the audience, which I thought was like, eh, that was a little weird. I didn't notice that. Maybe they didn't know what kind of show they were at. Uh, it is like, I love, so I will note that the gang in this, you know, this movie, which I think looks cool and I would like to see this full movie, um, they're like acting poorly. They're bad actors. You know, like it's, I don't always like the whole thing of like, ah, oh, what if an actor acted like an actor it, this this scene reads for all like the crazy weird energy of this episode i i loved seeing you guys be kids like did you do this with camcorders ever just like film dumb movies with your friends as grown up or was that not a thing you you partook in partake in? 
did. <laughs> uh, well, you, you do know that Slay Moon Fry has that documentary Kid 90 because she yeah. walked around with one of these cameras mm. uh, and pretty much filmed her entire childhood. Um, I didn't do that as much. I didn't have a film camera, but I did do it with a tape recorder. I used to mm. uh, just be in my bedroom and, and record myself as if I was a, a radio announcer. Uh, but oh I never God. did it. I never did it with a camera. No, uh, I, I, I'm I'm still t- laughing about the fact that I wrote a script and I'm, I have it in my hand. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of our scripts, by the way. Like the, the oh, size yeah, of it, the size of yeah. it, and yeah, it's, it, you know, we usually get pages, and those were the pink pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to explain to our audience what what the wh- why we have pink pages, why scripts are white and then different colored. Oh, could you explain it to me? I, I just thought it was because things change, and you need to be able to like quickly communicate to everyone what we're doing, and like that's why if things pay change, like there's revisions, the the pages change colors. That's what I thought. Is that incorrect? Yeah, no, that that, that is it. That that's the most yeah. simplistic, eloquent uh, answer hey, to, to my question. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a script will usually go from white to pink, and then to blue, uh, yellow. We have things like goldenrod. I always love when they mm. do that. And then sometimes you have, you go back. It never really goes back to white, but it will go like to a double pink or a double blue or a double goldenrod. And that's when there's a lot of revisions. And I was going to say, that's when you know the jokes are getting so much better. <laughs> or I guess it's, it's probably story stuff at that point. Who knows? Uh, for my dumb brain, it's just, how can we beat these sweet, sweet little jokes? Um, but yeah, that makes sense. Zach would be holding the, why, why, what are you going to do? Make a fake script? We already have a real one here, folks. Uh, the camera, by the way, adjusting for inflation, would have cost about twenty five hundred bucks. So, not like not the cheapest thing in the world, but also like building really is he's he's laser focused on nothing bad can happen to this thing. And Kelly adjusts the clapper. It does say take two. <laughs> she's she's good on set. <laughs> and yeah, here comes Screech. You know, Screech the alien in a looks like seaweed almost. <laughs> I love I love Tiffany's Tiffany's bad acting. It's so it's just so funny to me. You guys really do feel like kids in this. I used to do dumb stuff like this with friends all the time, not with this much production value, but like making dumb silly little movies like this is what kids do and uh you know, you guys grow up real fast on Say by the Bell, but you're still kids here. Yeah, but did you Lisa have like Peters. a tape recorder, like a like um a film recorder with like tape in it? Or did you had, always have an iPhone? Are you no 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 no? Oh no! Oh my God! No! When I was doing this stuff, iPhones were. <laughs> how old do you think I am? Uh, iPhones 12. did not exist when I was. I'm 12 years old, folks. This is a real opportunity for me. Um, no, we used to have like um like a high eight camera, and then I I've also had friends who had like the camera similar to what you have, where a VHS would go inside of it. Um, but yeah, recorded on all these things. Did like VCR to VCR editing. Uh, simpler simpler times. Thank God none of those things ever got uploaded. They were all bad. I mean, if we had access to the internet when me and my friends were like 10, there'd be many, many, many bad, bad, bad videos of us making telling stories that make no sense. And yeah, Screech, um, Screech injured, injured himself, which Mark Paul, we talk a lot about safety on set. You were, uh, or Zach, I should say, was running a not-so-tight ship. People are losing their teeth, cameras are breaking. <laughs> That brings us right into Zach's room for his second money-making magazine idea in two episodes. We get the whole gang in Zach's room. I was thinking that. You don't see the whole gang in Zach's room nearly enough. And why not? It's a big room. So, boy, we're, we're here. Jesse is like, we get the callback from um, the election. She's still the president of the school, which I don't think is an official title, um, president of school. Uh, but Kelly and Lisa are both so bad at money in, in different ways. <laughs> Like Lisa is constantly owing her father money and and Kelly is just emptying her pockets at the first chance to anyone who comes to her with an issue. This this made no sense to me this scene with the money because it, we we talk about this in the reboot where we we say these are privileged kids they're going to a yeah. public school in the Palisades but yeah. they're well to do. Uh but yet you know this is sad amounts of money here. Uh, I have $23. I was ready for her to pull out like 23, you know, and, and ones and change and maybe a button. Yeah. 
And then yeah, Slater's like, how well, much for a button? <laughs> yeah, I have $36 from birthday presents. I mean, it was just like, th- that's something my, my five-year-old would say. You yeah. know, like, Thir- if well, I, that's, if, he's doing well. I mean, $36. Uh, must be well, one let me tell you from the tooth fairy. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, my my kid has made one hundred twenty dollars off the tooth fairy this this uh, year. He's seven years old. I don't know how to stop this. Wow! But that's we gave incredible. Him, I know, but what do I do? I gave him twenty for the first tooth, right? Because oh, you're like, oh, yeah, it's a big tooth. Yeah. Okay, hey, this is. But kids don't have that brain where it's like they don't understand like the concept of like a signing bonus. <laughs> you can't like give someone something as a, like you can't be like, hey, this is your first one, good job, and then they're just gonna be like, I no, know. that's. I, I need that every I've, time. I've I've dug a hole, Dashiell. I can't get out of, wow. and and he's lost a few teeth, and now I think I'm up to a hundred or hundred twenty. I don't that's, know how to stop this. That's because so, I, I that's I just so know, much money for a tooth. Listen, I know, and and here's the thing too: it's it's usually because that's all we have in our in yeah. our wallet. Like I don't, I've heard, I don't. That. Well, I haven't I haven't used cash in you know almost a year, and and uh, you know you just have twenties because you go to the ATM and it spits out twenties. And I never sure. use them. And then it's like, well, I'm not going to go in my kid's piggy bank and, and break a 20. So You're I'm not like, a oh, Kapowski. Just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just give him a 20. But now it's like, shit, I've given him 20s and now he's expecting 20s for every tooth. It's like, yeah. I wonder yeah. if like kids must talk. I mean, they must talk internally. Oh, they, like, they what's talk. the tooth fairy giving you? No, no, like, no. They talk amongst themselves at school too. Because yeah. my kid will say like, well, such and such got you know this for a tooth. And I'm like, mm. Well, such and such parents are assholes. That's I, I, that's yeah. what I say to my kid. Yeah. Wait, assholes because they didn't give him enough, or assholes? No, they because gave they gave him too, him too much, much and made you look. They gave him too much. Look right. Bad. They made me look like shit. Yeah. They made me yeah, look that's bad. the biggest asshole move there can be. Totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> okay. Just yeah. I thought that's what you're saying. Just to be clear. Yeah. Um, and, and and by the way, it, it is another actor, and I have worked with them. Oh. Uh, it's okay, not Breckenmeyer, Meyer, by the way. Okay. But uh, I, I do know who they are, and I, I've I've said, look, you make me look bad. You're an asshole. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. It's yeah. good to get, first of all, it's always good to get someone's children involved when you have a grievance. That's, that's like rule number one. Um, uh, going back to the scene, yeah, I, the scene. I, was, sure. I was thrown off by Kelly uh, calling Jesse a stiff pickle. I actually stiff had to look, pickle. I had to look yeah. that up in the uh, Urban Dictionary. We were on, on the same Google. page last night. That's so funny. Uh, you and me, you and me had to be <laughs> some of the only people using the internet to access that page at that moment. Like, did you get crazy. a knock on your front? Did you get a knock on your door from the FBI this morning, uh, not asking yet. why you were looking up uh, the the word "stiff pickle"? Right. No, not yet. But I'm I'm sure the feds are. You know, I'm sure they're on their way one of these days. <laughs> it it seemed. Yeah, I mean, I, Urban Dictionary I, said it was real, but I I wonder like. It doesn't. It doesn't feel real, folks. I've never heard it before. I've never heard of it before. I've never heard that before. No, and but it feels just for our audience. Yeah. It means like it's the same as saying you have a stick up your ass. Right. Stop having a stick up your ass. Uh, yeah. Stiff pickle. I just find it odd that the writers would use that for like. I, there's a few things. One is the writers must have really giggled in the room when they when they came up with that line. Uh, sure, and, and thinking like, are we going to get away with this? Will standards and practices actually let us say stiff pickle? Second, kudos to Tiffany for saying stiff pickle with a straight face with her delivery and none of us giggling. I, I, I thought for sure that Elizabeth would break on that because I, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, Elizabeth was very easy to, to, to make break. Um, and we all kind of just kept a straight face and kept going. And I'm not sure, you know, going back to filming this, if, if we all knew what a stiff pickle was. It, or, she may as well just said like, Hey boners, that would have been like more, more natural. <laughs> See, I'm stop being, at that. Stop being a bit. It, that's a, it's a really funny thing to, to, to tell a bunch of people they're be, yeah, you guys are being a real bunch of boners right now. Um, yeah, I, 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 my notes just say stiff pickle in quotes. I mean, that was <laughs> I, 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 I really do detect some like, you hear about like the Disney animators putting like naughty stuff in there. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, it seems like there's some like weird, <laughs> I don't want to say disgruntled. They might just be regularly gruntled and having fun, but there is like some hidden sexual stuff I, I did not pick up on as a kid. Like stiff pickle, not so hidden. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, I mentioned this, but yeah. It's very this hard is, to this, hide a stiff pickle. It, you, hey, you, you're going to need a binder folks. That's a high school joke. Um, yeah, this is Zach getting an idea to get rich from a magazine again, which is like, I get these weren't produced in sequence, but it is it is just so funny how fast this show moved of like, ooh, this magazine says we can make some money. <laughs> Let's all do it. Won't that fix our problems? By the way, simpler times, because 
nowadays we'd be on the internet and that just right. opens up a whole pan, you know, like a rabbit hole that we would be going down of how to, to make money. But here yeah. we only have a few options back in the nineties. You know, it's like, Oh, a magazine, the babbler, it has this ad in it. You know, a, that's where you saw ads and then you get an idea. Yeah. Um, it was also like, I remember that as a kid, this was not a thing you guys made up that the national Enquirer. I'm sure they still are advertising, you know, like we'll, we'll pay cash for Bigfoot kind of thing. It's like, that was a thing, and part of that is a way for them to generate free press because guess what, folks? No one's showing up at the door with <laughs> irrefutable proof of any of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing like, yeah, prove Bat Boy exists. Make some money. Um, and we're in the halls of Bayside for uh, Maria Tortilla, Jesse's disguise, which I have in my notes as, quote, not great. The makeup, hair, voice, just maybe she- that's Jesse? That's Oh my god. Well, thank God you were sitting down, Mark Paul. Uh yeah, that is that is one Elizabeth Berkeley playing a Jesse Spano as Maria Tortilla. Uh wow. yeah, not great. What a what a disguise. <laughs> I no one will ever yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like I get it. Oh wait, but the only person who good. doesn't know is Mr. Belding. Oh yeah, the the person who put like, hey, hello, <laughs> sir. Someone just showed up to your school in a Halloween costume. Um, but yeah, he uh, he just doesn't see it. You know what, Mark Paul? You know why? He's too laser focused on this camera, like an actual lunatic. All he cares, all he he does not eat, sleep, or breathe anything but camera these days. He's got a porn to produce with uh, Mrs. Belding. I was going to get to that. Yeah, why do you think he oh, needs really? that camera? I, I was oh. I have it in my notes. Why does Belding want this camera so urgently? And the only thing I could think of was he has some sort of like weird sex thing to do with it. That's it. There's no other no other reason it's this time sensitive to him than like they already ordered the weird leather masks and Barbara and Steve, the next door neighbors, are coming over and like, we need this camera by Thursday, folks. Or like this whole thing is a bust. <laughs> That's why someone needs a camera that bad in 1990. Come on, grow up. But yeah, Jesse here, uh, Probably not going to break this accent out again anytime soon, I would imagine. Um, no. And I love how, like, Belding doesn't recognize her. I come around the corner, and I'm like, hey, Jesse. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's just good comedy. But uh, it is, like, there's also, I mean, as I, I don't, look, we can, this is different times, right? I get it. Uh, this would never fly now. But not only is, like, Jesse's, not only is Jesse's, like, accent, like, yikes, uh, Belding just talking louder and slower to her because she does not speak English mm-hmm. as her first language. That's, that's also what you not do. something. That's no, no you, maybe you, that's okay. That's you what you totally do. Got do it. that. Yeah. Okay. I absolutely. do. Look, sure, I do that, but I don't do it on TV. Um, <laughs> of course not. Uh, but yeah, that's what Belding does, and you know, it's all just for fun and games here. The film club competition advertised in the background. I'll tell you, you know, what else had uh, some bad delivery was my um, my my. My delivery of bad mama, bat mamacita, bat mamacita, yeah, uh, you yeah. Know, capitalizing I, 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 on the popular Batman film from the year before. Well, I just felt like my delivery was off. I could have done better, and uh, and then I, as I was watching this, I was like, well, how would I have said it? And I just kind of, I, 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 I feel like I didn't quite understand the joke, you know, because mm-hmm. the thing is, like, um, you've heard of Batman. Well, this is bat mamacita. And I, th- I think I should have just like maybe, maybe the direction from Don, uh, the director, would have been try to find it more. Like, th- like it, 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 it's you have to kind of come up with that. Not yeah. it's not on the tip of your tongue. And I, I felt like the way I did it in the in the, the you know in this take was it was just came to me too easy. I was just like Bat Mamacita. But I should have been like, yeah. you've heard of Batman? Well, this is Bat Mamacita. <sighs> You know, like something like that. I think that like he was like he like you just had like you were you know creating it as you were saying it. That would have been a more Correct. natural way to like mm-hmm. lie. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, my thing would be like, hey guys, maybe let's um get a new color on this page. I think we can beat this joke. <laughs> I think we can come up with something else. But why not? Batman was the speaking biggest of movie color, of all time the year before. Speaking of your color, shirt, this shirt, my outfit. I, like I mean, the, uh, I wouldn't tuck it in is, that way, but I know I like that's it. the thing. This this thing is a this is a different look for me. Because I'm wearing like these really yeah. tight pants that I can't quite get my hands in. And if you Your notice throughout this enormous. whole episode, yeah, my <laughs> collar is enormous. The shirt is huge. Um, but I can't quite get my hands into my pockets. And I, hmm. 
I, I tend to always want to put my hands in in pockets uh, when I act. Mm-hmm. It's it's like where do you what do you do with your hands instead of hand acting? And mm-hmm. so you try to you know jam your hands in your pockets to to kind of hide them. Um, and throughout this whole episode, I was like, look, I can't put my hands in my pockets. I kind of like put my thumbs in. I kind of do like a a Slater thing. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, these pants are they're, they're kind of tight on me. Yeah, I mean, it, in a in a weird way, I, you know, I kind of mentioned it at the top of how this is like, I would I do wonder why this episode was held, you know, like why did they? And I think I kind of get it. It it feels just like a different show. Like it like you guys still look like kids in a lot of ways. You're it, you the looks are not as dialed in as they will be. Like I do get why they produced this episode, and then we're like, well, maybe we hold on to this one until the fan base is more established. I think I understand. And we're at the Max, where we will meet Mr. Thompson, uh, who is played by Sean Masterson. He came up in the Second City, where he worked on stage alongside Mike Myers, Steve Carell, and Bonnie Hunt, among others. An improv actor. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of improv actors. I've worked with a few in my in my uh, career, and and uh, you know, there's there's Second City, and there's Groundlings here in Los Angeles, UCB, Los Angeles, New York. I don't know if our audience goes to any of these. Uh, I don't know if you have, but probably not boy, lately. But I'm yeah. telling you, going to the Groundlings or or any of these is so much fun. These are such talented uh, people uh, to be able to do improv. And yeah, uh, Sean, you know, coming from that, I mean, you got guys like you know Stephen Colbert and Chris Farley and Tina Fey, and, yeah. um, but he he's doing a hell of a lot of prop acting. My yeah, I I, I so in the in the same way that that the kids feel like this feels you know was from last season, but it feels like a very different show than the episode we just watched last week. I, I it's just the way the way um Sean is moving through these. It just it feels like he's in a different scene than everyone else too. In a way that is just like incongruous, I guess would be the word I would use. Um, because, you know, there's some funny stuff here, but it it just isn't like it's like two musicians playing different songs kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if some of that is his background in improv, and he was trying to like, I know what to do. You know, I wonder if he was doing more than he needed to in a way that like, because it's a little confusing too. He's like very clumsy, but he also catches his walkie-talkie. He like his character. There's too much. I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> there's too much going on. He keeps dropping stuff, and he it just feels all over the place. It made me question whether or not this was actually on the page, whether this was scripted or if it was something that he did. Like, was was his character description, uh, you know, th- this guy who could be possibly a government worker uh, that that is clumsy, and he just came up with these these gags, you know, shoving his hand in the glass, jabbing his pen into a <laughs> a, a, a bun or a croissant, whatever that thing yeah. was, you know, hitting his head on the on the video. Uh, video game machine the the walkie talkie there was a lot going on and i'm just wondering yeah. like were th- was that scripted i don't think so um it doesn't feel like it is it doesn't, doesn't feel it don't, the, the only thing it that feels, feels a like, bit much it feels a that's thank you yeah it feels a bit much and in a way where it like it only i think it really only serves the story the one time building like hands him the file and he's like clumsy yeah. with the file mm-hmm. which by the way could have been the only clumsy joke and it would have i i mean we don't need to go back and critique a you know, this guy's performance 30 years ago, he showed up, he did the job. But like, it it felt more confusing to me of like, why is this man so bumbling? And 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 I have him later in my notes as the clumsiest man alive. Um, well, but that happens a lot of the times when when a guy comes on or a, an actor, I'm, you know, guy sure. I was just a person. using as a blanket, a person, yeah. uh, comes on to guest star, is that sometimes you want to make a, a, an impact. You want to do something that's going to make you stand out. Um, and, and we've seen that on the show a few times. Um, I just feel like he could have been helped maybe a little bit more. I'm going to point the finger at Don Barnhart okay. uh, because that's Throw something a director. <laughs> no, I am because <laughs> I, I think Sean was, you know, his, his background is improv and his background yeah. is Second City. It's like, you know, you, you go big or go home. And I think Don could have easily pulled that back and said, you know what, let's just, uh, let's, let's, let's pick our shots here. Um, because it's it's just not necessary, but uh, you know, no, no, nothing nothing wrong with with trying to make a big impact and it not working. I'd rather have that than the opposite. So sure, um, he, he definitely took some big swings. I mean, yeah, it, 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 and again, no uh, 
just yeah, like we like like he's in a different show. It's, it's hard to explain when you see it, but it was like because I was trying to think out like why does this feel weird? And then I saw his improv background. I'm also a big fan of improv comedy and worked with. I mean, some of my favorite funniest people I've ever gotten to you know the chance to work with come from improv. Um, but it just it just felt it just felt off, especially in a story that opens with like bad weird acting. And then uses that again. I don't know. Just strange. Um, he offers the kids ten thousand dollars. Which, if someone shows up where you're eating a cheeseburger and you're a child, and they say, "Hey, I'm going to give you ten grand," you should not. That's there. That's not. Don't trust that person. <laughs> I don't care what they say. I don't care what they're talking about. Also, now what are the kids going to do with ten thousand dollars? Now I tell you, is that how you got started? I haven't seen Kid Ninety yet. I missed the scene where someone pulls up and offers you ten G's <laughs> yeah. to, to come this way. Um, is I just like what are you going to do with ten thousand dollars, children? I don't know. Buy a car? Like what are these? Why do the kids? Why do they even want all this money? People always say that. Like, what are you going to do with all that money? What do you What do you mean? What am I going to do with all that money? I'm going to spend guess, it. Yeah. I'm going to save it. I'm going to I'm going to do whatever the the hell I want with it. I mean, if you gave me ten thousand dollars right now, I'd go like, well, what? Well, that's not enough. What am I going to do with ten thousand yeah, dollars? I, would, I wouldn't. You're right. Actually, do I mean, hey. Disneyland's I, I, right up the street, folks. They're opening their doors again soon. Uh, $10,000 yeah, is I guess I like figure a, out how to spend $10,000. Yeah, $10,000 is like a trip to Cabo or something, you know? Like if you want to yeah. go, you want to spend a nice a, trip. That's, that's a really nice trip, yeah. Listen, that's what trips are going nowadays. I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. But back then, like, you know, with, with, with $10,000 is a lot of money, but... Split between the the six of us. Yes, the gang. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna split it, and I mean, shit. It looks like they spent. Looks like they dropped that on their special effects budget <laughs> for this uh, this scheme. So, yeah, and Kelly's gonna give her money to her dad. Anyway, uh, she'll give it away on the anyone down walking down the street. Just miss. Can I bother you? She'll hand them all her money. That's what she does. I I probably could trick Kelly though, and 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 oh, tell yeah. her that she's not gonna get her full cut. Right. Uh, I'll give it to her at a, at a later date and come up mm. with something. She'd be and she would absolutely because she's so nice. I'm gonna hold this. Absolutely for you. Give me the, yeah, she would absolutely yeah. give me the money. And hold I could trick, trick Screech too. Um, yeah, I mean Screech, you'd probably get him. I mean, honestly, let's face it, folks. This is like if, if, if ten thousand dollars actually entered into the atmosphere of this group of friends, it would one hundred percent all be in Zach's bank account by sunset. <laughs> I, well, well, I mean, we've we've seen how savvy Lisa is. So that's true. Lisa's, oh, yeah, Lisa's right. the one that I would have to watch out for. Yeah, and and Slater. I mean, maybe you're right. You would pick the easiest marks first, uh, and then you'd you'd work on Jesse. You'd probably set up like a fake college fund for Jesse. And then when she went to go retrieve it in several years, you'd be like, surprise. <laughs> Remember that car I bought? Say I'm gonna donate it to some active, you know, act, yeah. some save some, the whatevers, you know. Yeah, yeah we're gonna totally. save something. We're gonna save something, Jesse. You better give me that money. Um and yeah, that uh we find out Lieutenant Thompson is both clumsy but also good at catching his walkie-talkie. This is where I mean like the Lieutenant Thompson character, the the wheels fall off the wagon a bit for me. Um but yeah, Zaka promises him one alien. It's also kind of not to keep like picking apart this guy. It's just weird how the, he like he he plays them in a way where it's like, oh, he's because he's so clumsy, he'll be easy to trick. It's like it's just is too many ideas. That's I think what I'm gonna keep saying. Too many ideas, hey. including the fact that Screech got like superpowers again. Come on, Dashiell, don't hate the player, hate the game. Okay, that's a good point. Didn't think about it like that. Been too busy player hating. Um, this felt to me like the gift. Uh, I know it's just radio frequencies, but if like a thing happened to Screech and now he has like a power, um, these two episodes are, I believe, the only time that happens. Um, as like cartoonish as this, uh, felt felt and like just a like that. We're in Act Two. You forgot to oh, say that. Oh my god! Sorry. Look Whoops. at that. Hey, we are um, I, just I, like let's that switch. Let's two. let's switch roles and just like oh my that. God. We're do you want, in act do you want two, to be me? And it's fun. <laughs> it's been so much fun so far. Oh my God! Uh, I'm not going to do you because I feel like my impression would upset you. <laughs> so I'm going oh God! To, yeah, I'm going to just cruise. Right. I know now, now. Now that's upsetting. You're um, setting. No, you're setting yourself up now. I know. The, the I'll, audience I'll, wants to hear. I'll it. think about it. I'll think about it. and I'll get back to you. We should do an episode where we just switch. That, that'd be okay. a fun one. I think sounds good. Um, put it in the books. Um, but yeah, we're in the uh, the halls of Bayside here. Screech got his tooth filled from his the most dangerous day on set ever. And now um, all of a sudden he gets radio frequencies from a tooth filling. How in the world did the hey. writers come up with that? Don't hate the player, hate the game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll tell you the game, right. the game at that point is like, it, it. yeah, again, like this episode, 
it just has there's there are just too gosh darn many ideas. Like Screech has it's like it is this is so much uh and to what end, folks? Really to what end of this this charade? Um which has like has to be one of the crazier climaxes of Say by the Bell history. We'll get there. We're getting there. And yeah, you know, we're in Belding's office for the clumsiest man scene. Um <laughs> And that's what it is. I mean, it's like he's just bumb. It's like we do get that Belding fixes his pencils. I do like oh, that. I love that. That worked. I did that like that. Me. That was very funny. I, that yeah. just his reaction is is priceless. I, I, yeah. I, and we've set it up just for in case that uh, you know this is your first episode listening welcome. to us. <laughs> yeah, welcome. And I'm sorry, um, but uh, we've we've set it up where Dennis had a thing with his pencils. Like his pencils yeah. always had to be in a row perfectly lined up on his desk and did not like when you touch them. And looking back now, I always thought it was just Dennis, but it's actually a Mr. Belding-ism um, yeah. that I think possibly he may have come up with or maybe the writers came up with, but it is a, it is a thing. Like Those pencils do not touch Mr. Belding. I never pencils. noticed. I never noticed that. But it is now that I know it, and they do, it's one joke in season one, very quickly, like Belding doesn't, like it, like they just, throw it out there never to be mentioned again. But yeah, sure enough, he fixes those things real quick when the clumsiest man of all time starts fumbling around from the UFO Investigations Unit. Um, talked a lot about writing here today. There are two back-to-back horse jokes. I mean, there's two horse jokes back-to-back uh, to close out this scene. That is, that. that's, I'm surprised that one got through because that's, as a writer, that's fun for me, but I I feel like someone along the way would have been like one horse joke enough. Maybe that's just me. I think it's just you. Okay. I, I I was I was just thinking like he gets called out to some stupid joke about a horse in the pool. See, the um, polo team has a horse in the pool. Because uh, horses are for I polo. Like, I know. And I, he I didn't says even catch that it's horse play. It's. I think yeah. you could have closed on the horse. The polo team has a horse in the pool. That's plenty horse joke. And, I get and it. Possibly why I didn't even <laughs> notice that joke or give a shit about that joke is it. because I was I was just baffled by this receptionist that every once right. in a while comes Where on. Where is she? We, we've Where already established that his office, he opens the door and it's the hallway. Like, wh- mm-hmm. where is this receptionist? Where is her office? This is, uh, I don't know. Spooky ghost, maybe? I don't know. That's my. That would be my pitch. Uh, hey guys, lunch is getting cold. Head. Maybe. Ooh, yeah. Maybe it's like, this is all uh, like a simulation um, and right. building is like talking to the, the computer in charge. Right. That's cool. Mm. Right. That's, a, that's a fine theory. Why not? Um. And yeah, this uh, this scene again, where just it feels like um, Belding and the lieutenant have just such wildly different energies. It is it is just that I can't say anything more about it than that. Uh, it ends with him catching that Screech has has radio waves, and what are you? <laughs> it's like, how did this guy make it past all the government training? He's a fool. <laughs> And that takes us into the max, where um, we will get the, just this, did you catch how quickly Zach is like, now I got Max to show us some tricks, like, come on over here, like, (laughs) that, talk about a smooth transition of just like, Max is going to come over here and do some tricks, it's like, okay, I'm not sure how any of these are going to help, are going to help our ruse, but sure, why not, Max, come on down. Yeah, I just I again I, I think because maybe this was the you said this was our twelfth episode of the first yeah. season. That's okay, right. so we were still using Ed, correct, Alonzo, yeah. uh, and still finding Max. ways to use him. Still finding ways right. to be like, how does how does his magic help us this week? Right. Um, which is such a funny mandate to like write into your show. I do understand why they eventually bailed on it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, and to me, I think we discussed this before, but he's in a black T-shirt. Yeah. Rather than the usual red, and right. I, I couldn't remember what the reason for that was. Did somebody say? I think part of it might. I think honestly, the the dumb short answer might just be the illusion he's doing. Like the the Martian ears probably hide better against a black shirt. Would be my guess. Mm. 
He mentions Mork and Mindy, Mork and Mindy, uh, which feels like a very dated reference to my ears now. Um, but it only went off the air. It only went off the air, excuse me, seven years before this was taped. So pretty recent, all things considered. Um, and yeah, he's going to teach Screech how to drink milk like Mork. Mark Paul, this is the only time you guys are ever drinking tall glasses of milk at the max, I think. Pretty sure. I'm sure somebody will point out to you how wrong you are and they'll let oh you know on God, Twitter. So yeah. be prepared. Someone, yeah, no, please. Oh, every day of my life. Someone pointed out um, last week, I really stepped in it when I said Terminator 2 had already come out and inspired that guy's leather jacket look. It didn't come out till later the next year. So, whoops. Oh. My bad. Well, okay then. Arnold, Arnold had a jacket in Terminator 1 also. So I, you're technically correct. It's just, whoops. What are you going to do? Can't keep all these years straight. There's too many of them. I think um, you're doing. I think you're doing great, Dashiell. Oh keep my God! Thank work. you, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think I think you're doing great too. I think everyone's doing their best these days. It's my official <laughs> stance for the last thirty years. Thank um, you. Yeah, of course. And uh, and Max Max drops some serious game on these kids. He says the best illusions are created in the mind of the beholder. Whatever, That's like real shit. Weirdo. Yeah, why are you talking? Why are you talking to kids about the mind of the beholder and illusions? Like everyone is just these kids are. It's amazing that they all m- made it out of Bayside with like they're too trusting and they let too many adults talk to them about weird stuff. Like Max, go back to the kitchen and figure out why you're in debt and why yeah. you're the, these kids had to pull you. You know the the, the Max. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, Max. Like, can you please like make your make all your bad decisions disappear? Can you put those in a hat and never pull them out again? <laughs> It's in the eye of the beholder how much I'm in debt. Oh yeah, my whatever. god, Max, you have you were you haven't paid your employees in three months. <laughs> um and yeah, Max, these like these tricks are just this is crazy. When you so you guys so in the next scene, you guys have broken in you've broken into school. I mean, you are you are trespassing, all of you. Um and you must have gotten there pretty early because you like rigged the place with special effects. And then it's it's like a reverse psych out. Like as you were watching the kids plan, when it gets to the part where Screech removes his face to reveal an alien, like what was your thought? Like were you at all like how did they, like what? What was your thought yeah. process? I guess no, that, that, that's exactly what it was. I was like, w- what? Wow. Okay, we went through great lengths to get to that. Um, Incredible lengths. I mean, to- my thing was I, 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 there was a few things watching that scene. I, I was like. The agent isn't perplexed by the, the this kid that opens his mouth and a radio frequency comes through. Like that doesn't like spark something. Like the, we just kind of put that off yeah. to the side. Like the, he 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 saw him in the office of Mr. Right. Belding. Notices that there's something weird about this kid, you know. But uh, this agent, I mean, it's just it's it's just weird. I don't know. Uh, and then, of, of course, you know, he's like, well, we're going to have to bring him back and, and uh, dissect him. And then Screech, the way he delivers the dissect, yikes. Yeah. It's very, very uh, Saturday morning cartoonish uh, acting. I, yeah, and, and I knew, look, I know these are stories for TV. And if, if people would just communicate properly, they'd be much shorter. <laughs> but it's like, whatever, I guess we're going to go through it. But it, how, how does the gang not take a beat in that moment of dissection and be like, okay, sir, we're going to explain exactly what's going on before you take our friend to Washington <laughs> and cut him up into a million pieces, which they would have found he's a human. He's a human boy. If they put a knife in him, that would have been pretty evident pretty quickly. But no, he's going to run off. And the, ah. This whole thing is bonkers. I, it's I, not. I, that, the, uh, watching it's Mission Impossible. Scene. It's literally Mission Impossible. It's, it's Tom Cruise ripping off a face of someone else. Like, even Mission Impossible did not do anything as crazy as Screech removing his own face no. to reveal a large alien head. Um. And you got to imagine that Max was there, like helping them the whole time through this, like breaking and entering, followed by, you know, visual effects fraud. I don't know what kind of crime they're committing. It's not, they're definitely like defrauding this man out of $10,000 or so they think. That's a crime. <laughs> That's a real crime. Um, but yeah, scheduled for dissection. And uh, we're in Act Three. We are cruising into Act Three now. Yeah, he like, Sorry, before we get there, I forgot he does the uh, live long and prosper like hand. It's like there is just there is just way too much here. 
There's just they, like at what point could you could the note have been to him like, hey, tone it just a few notches down. Like we'll still believe that you're an agent. I don't know. Well, because he also has to be the straight person, right? Because we're so out there, and if he's out there, it's too There's much. There's no anchor. Yeah, it's a ship without a rudder. I mean, it, it's right. just like it is. It, it guys, TV is hard. It's hard, a hard collaborative medium to make, and a lot of decisions need to go into it. And I, nothing but you know, respect and appreciation for this show. I, Lord knows, it's done great wonders for my life. Um, but it's just like this just doesn't work. And I get, I get why it was held. I get why. Um, some of the producers involved were maybe like, we need to put our best foot forward every Saturday for this first run. Shelve it. The kids won't notice. They they certainly won't talk about it in three decades. And that brings us to Act Three. <laughs> um, I have in my notes here, Mark Paul, that this is a um, an unusually religious scene for Saved by the Bell. A lot of um, a lot of real concrete talk about like God and heaven that you don't get. I think ever again, um, you know, obviously with with Dustin's sudden passing, there's there's like a a sad layer here. You know, watching him as a kid, sort of saying his final prayers, talking about death. Um, hmm. Not yeah. you know, but it but it was but it's also just like zooming out of that, which I can't ignore it. But that's you know, but like it's weird on a kids show to be like these kids believe in God, they believe in heaven. It seems, I mean, you mentioned there was like some religious undertones and stuff on set and how Peter's edict about like no swearing and that kind of stuff. Like, do you mm-hmm. think that was a top-down call? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're, you watching this scene, I mean, you had some, some deep thoughts there. My, my thoughts just went to how am I asleep with all the lights on? <laughs> like, I'm, sitting there, I'm sitting there thinking like, man, I, if it would be such, like, can... If you're gonna write about this on on any network show now, and you're like, okay, so the character prays to God, like that's like a big step for these, like to be like mm. you talk about these children, like religious beliefs, um, in such concrete terms. So yeah, I, I was having some deep thoughts, like, whoa, you, no, that just no. feels odd. It's no, also sweet no, though. I mean, I, Zach, like, it, yeah, I mean, Zach learns Screech would want to bring him to heaven with him, which is like what moves him to save his life. I mean. It's kind of fucked up. He would have just like let him get <laughs> chopped up by the government for, for money otherwise. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a strange scene. I did not notice that you were trying to sleep with the lights on. Listen, I, 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 there's so many things to me that were strange in this scene, and and the religious aspect of it did, did not even occur to me. Didn't scratch the surface. It was no, did not. I was like, what what am I wearing to sleep? Uh, yeah. Why am I sleeping with the lights on? Um, sleeping is, in the same is, bed is. Screech and I, we're having a sleepover and he's in my bed. That's a, that's that a, that weird. Look, no, no, nothing, that's weird. Nothing right? wrong. Nothing. Look, if you, if no, you want to share a bed on. with whoever you want, look, I'm just going to say growing up, did I you never ever did share? No, yeah, I certainly this, not. Uh, that, I, I'm just throwing it out there because this is, it's just you and I, no, no one else is listening. Yeah, to no this one's show. listening. It's just you and I, Dad. Um, no, I mean like, I feel like boys, especially maybe who knows things are always changing no, in this, no. this world, but like, it would be like the, the floor of a living room area, which yeah. is like a bunch of like pillows and sleeping bags and blank. Like it was like a, it was like a sprawling commune of, of sleeping arrangements, but sure. no, the, um, but not in the same bed. No. I mean, and then no. it's it's just like it's it's weird. He even says at the very end, I'm I'm skipping ahead here to the end, and I have yeah. something else before we actually Please, yeah, yeah. No, end yeah. the scene. Of the time here, folks. But then he says, Do they wear underwear in heaven? Where the fuck yeah. does that come from? You're saying that while two boys are in bed. I, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Why did the writers write that? I Why does I mean, underwear I, that, come out of his <laughs> mouth while he's in bed with me? To take the to take some of the tension off. I mean, to, to, but it is it it does ask the question. Oh. Then, okay, well, what's the rest of that conversation like? Do they wear underwear in the palace? Like, where does that go? I mean, if you're, well, if you're in know. bed with someone talking about their underwear, yeah, it's it, it's. I mean, look, it's weird. I, I get that it's trying to be sweet, but it, I yeah, I was watching it. I was like, whoa. So like, one Screech is typing a will. Like that's pretty dark, and he's talking to Zach about heaven, and like now they're it's just like. What is going on? It's all over the place. It also, um, just for my own uh, record keeping here, um, the episode that got produced immediately after this one uh, and also held until the final season is called Slater's Friend. Um, and it deals with Slater's pet uh, pet chameleon dying. Um, Artie. Iguana chameleon. Yeah, Artie. Um, and uh, his pet reptile. And 
I was I was watching it and I was like, well, maybe the reason they held these two is because it's like kind of weird for a kid's show to deal with like a death episode in the first season and also this he this kid might die. Like that's kind of like dark, heavy stuff. And maybe it was too complicated to introduce to um to your audience at this juncture. Uh, My thought. Here's another here's another fun thing that uh want to point out to the audience. Uh do you notice that when I turn off one light to go to sleep, mm. it turns off the other light as well? Mm. How does that that's happen? A little, uh, little magic. Little, well, little it is magic, magic, but I'm going to fill you into some TV magic. Okay. I, the actor, yes. do not control the lights. When whenever you see a movie uh, and you see, you know, practicals, which is, you know, we have the overhead lights and then the practicals, which are these lamps. Um, right. We are not in control of any of the lights on set. Uh, it is the up to the electricians uh, to um, flip that switch. And as an actor, even with, even with like a, a a switch on the wall. You'll see an actor just put their hand up to the switch, mm. but they never quite turn it on or up. And you know, you might make a a movement, but it it it's you're timing it with the electrician. You put your hand on it, and then the electrician pushes a button, and it turns on the uh, the practicals or the overhead or 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 what. And and that's exactly in this scene. I just put my hand on the the knob, and uh, both lights turn out turn off. Um, which is a little bit of movie magic or television magic in this case. Mark Paul, did you ever work with an electrician who you were like, man, this guy cannot get his rhythm right on my lights <laughs> turning on and off. Like, I will never work uh, with this person again. <laughs> no, no, that, that's funny. But, you know, I mean, it, usually those guys are really good. And, and uh, oh, they're the best. They're they're, they're the what's best. keeping the place from burning down. Straight up, an electrician on set is like one of the most important people there. They're they're the reason this whole thing, this whole just bundle of wires and hot lights isn't burning us all alive. Nothing yeah. but love and respect to the electricians of the world. Yeah. On set, no. There's some of the best people. I, I, I love, I, I, when, you, when you're working on these sets, I mean, it really feels like a family. And, yeah. um, you know, it's just, uh, these are, these are the, it's a collaboration. And, and uh, on every show that I've ever worked with, I've made friends on, uh, you know, both sides of the camera. Uh, and, uh yeah, I just I, I I that's why I love what I do is because you go to work and and you get to work with some really talented people, um, and uh, you know it's it 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 does feel always like a like an extended family, which is uh, such a great part of the job. Oh, also, just as long as we're talking about um, continuity, we do learn we learned already that Screech believes in heaven and ghosts uh, from the house party episode um, because when he's afraid, he will kill his mother by. Breaking the Elvis statue, uh, she appears to him in a vision as a ghost. So that's on character for Screech. And that takes us into Belding's office for um, a brief scene between the lieutenant and Richard. Uh, you know, just what it seems like just an opportunity to put him in uniform. Like, let's really drive home. He is from the government. In case, in case the kids at home are a little confused about like which, where the ruse begins and ends, he is, he is from the government as seen by his uniform. And he puts a ticking clock on Belden, like get me that alien by 3 PM. Again, this just is a, is a crazy, crazy story. (laughs) And now Belding's roped into this or the feds are going to rain hell down on Bayside. That seems bad. All, all I took away from this particular scene was who the heck is that in the background when the lieutenant opens up the door to the hmm. hallway and I we can that, see yeah. across the the way in the classroom seems to me that it's a man uh, with a mustache hmm. and I don't think they would have put a extra uh, to play a teacher hmm. in that room because that that's obviously the classroom over there. Um, but it just looks, I I think it's actually a crew member. I actually think someone was sitting in that room and didn't know that the, that they would see into that room (laughs) and they just got caught. They're just taking a break. Kind of like a, kind of like a, I sat down at a desk. You know, when, when the boom makes an appearance, I think that that is a, uh, a crew member that, uh, makes an appearance. Uh, and I've watched it over and over again. And I think the crew member looks up and kind of like goes, oh shit, I'm on camera. Yeah. Okay, I I mean, <laughs> let's see it. Instant replay, okay. Here we go. Watch this. So you don't see it there, but when he comes right. back in, 
when he comes back to get his hat. Member, right, th- right there. Oh yeah, the that guy. Oh, that guy. Did the crew not, member looks up. Whoops. And then he yeah. puts his hand to his face, like, "Oh shit, I, my job yeah. might be in jeopardy here." How do you see these things? I swear to God, like you, you really do. It's very funny. You notice things I have never picked up on. Very nuanced. Very a lot of background <laughs> stuff. Mostly other people's unforced errors. <laughs> um, but yeah, this. Uh, okay, so we are in the final scene, and I just again like. What? Where, where did they get all these Dustin masks? All these Screech masks, rather. Like in the matter of like two hours. Like, did, like, did they have like a mask person? Does someone at Bayside? Does their dad work for George Lucas? Like, where did these come from? It's so interesting because as I was watching this scene, uh, that didn't even occur to me. Like, yeah, how did we make these within that didn't that occur short to you? That, that didn't occur to you? like these custom no. made. Ma- like, I no, because what 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 I was questioning is why do I not have one of these in my possession? How did I mm. not keep one of these as yeah. a sentimental, uh, you know, item from my days on Saved by the Bell? I mean, we talked about like you know when I was on NYPD Blue. Right. How uh, you know? I, I I took I took my fake gun. I took my fake badge. I took my sure. my notepad and you know a desk lamp and and things of of, <laughs> anything, of, that of <laughs> yeah, anything that wasn't taped down. Yeah, anything that wasn't taped down. I took things of Sipowitz's. <laughs> I mean, I I took you know oh, yeah. jewelry and and all kinds of things. Uh, I don't have a, a lot of items, but my God, like to have a screech mask. I mean, how, how did how did we not keep these? How did you not it's sell these? I mean, how did you not make these? Like, I feel like these would have been a a Halloween commodity. You guys but, were, you but know. again, it goes back to when we filmed this. When we did this show, we never thought anyone was watching it. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't know what it would become. Um, yeah, it was just one of those things. I mean, I don't think anyone in this in this in this scene. And what do you think? There's like thirty. Thirty of these. There's, masks. A lot, there's a lot of there's a lot of extras. So there was a lot right. of masks being made. I yeah. don't think anyone has has that mask. Any, it was you know that no one kept. Yeah, it. it was. I mean, it looks like his face. I, I was trying to to figure out like, um, you know, the thing of like the the Michael Myers mask from Halloween oh, right, is right, just right. a. Yeah. It's like a. It's just a Will Shatner mask from Star Trek. Like, I, I would if it was my job to to get these masks ready, I would just find the closest thing to Dustin's face at a Halloween mask store. Um, and then put a curly wig on it, called a day. But it it weirdly looks like his like I don't like I I was trying to crunch the numbers. Like did they did in the real life of Saved by the Bell did they make these? But my question in the world of Saved by the Bell is like, what was the point? Because as soon as they put on the masks, <laughs> then they're just like, hey, he's not an alien. Also, the masks aren't real. And it becomes well, a lesson about like telling the truth. It becomes mm, building yeah. me like you shouldn't have tricked. Like telling lies is wrong. That is suddenly the what I'm to learn as a child. <laughs> but isn't it like the thing of of what? It, it sort of falls into the, the to the world what of the cartoons hell? where if you can't pick out the real person, I'm kind of thing like yeah, like it, right? but, but it but it doesn't make sense because they put on the mask, then everyone's taking them off. Mario leaves his on up until the credits roll, which I freaking <laughs> loved. He really seems to be enjoying it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, Use yeah. that f word. But it like they could have just as easily said, "Hey, buddy, we didn't have time to make fifty masks because we're not actual psychopaths." <laughs> but but it was all a lie, and you shouldn't lie to kids. I I don't know. It, it is like this is. I don't understand you, the move. I don't. You you know, I don't get the move. Yeah, you shouldn't lie to kids, but I steal your car keys. Yeah, so I have it in my notes too that that was a perfect crime by Zach Morris. Because of all the improv work we've established, like he's forgetful, he's clumsy. So yeah, he loses his keys. It's kind of the, I mean, Zach's dad is going to be audited by the IRS every year for the rest of his life because of this. But other than that, it's a victimless crime. And that's it. That's close encounters of the nerd kind. A, a extremely bizarre episode, Mark Pauls. I think we've, we've yep. uncovered. But as my good friend likes to say, fun. It is fun. Oh my god, I want to meet this guy. He sounds like a like a hoot. <laughs> He's um, such a fun guy. He is such a fun guy. Might as well be a mushroom. There's a joke, kinda. Uh, so, Mark Paul, we have some homework for next week, and it's an episode I know you're familiar with, Running Zach. Oh Maybe boy. the most 
Um, dare I say, infamous of uh, of the things that have not aged poorly. And if you thought Maria Tortilla could have read the room a little better, boy, oh boy, um, you're in for one for next week. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, going to loosen my collar now. Hey, okay. Hey, hey. Hey. hey, look, uh, we're here to do the work, if you want to call it that. I mean, it's not work for me. I think every every minute of this is, you know, I'm hey, I'm still having fun. Uh, but yeah, we are here to do some of that work. And some of that is like unpacking, like, yeah, this, some of the stuff in this kid's show was like not the best. And, uh, I'm, we will see what Saved by the Bell really tried to say about race and privilege. And like, there's, I'll put it this way. You're, you're, all the characters have stories about race next week. Um, and I'm looking forward to exploring those with you. Good. I, I will be there for you, Dashwell. Thank you, Mark Paul. And thank you, the listener, and we'll see you next week. Zach to the Future is a production of Cadence 13. It's executive produced by Mark Paul Gosler, myself, and Chris Corcoran. Production and direction led by Terrence Malangone. Editing and mastering by Andy Jaskowitz. Engineering and production coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork by Kurt Courtney with illustrations by Jeff McCarthy. Marketing is led by Josephina Francis with PR by Hilary Schuf. Thanks to the whole team at Cadence 13 and to you for listening.